Good morning, everyone. Long time. <laughs> it's completely a new platform for me. And they look strange, but um, thank God for everything. I want to. I want to thank you guys for your prayers and um, support during the visitation. And um, I don't have any story anyway, but um, like the song said, today my words will be few. But before we start, I just this, shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Father, that you alone made it possible for us to gather here this morning. We've come to say thank you. We've come to testify your goodness and your faithfulness, both in our individual life and collectively as a church. Lord, where the whole of our bodies to be mouth is not enough to say thank you. But we've come to say thank you, Lord, and blessed be your name. As we gathered here this morning, it is our belief that you are here that your spirit is here in our midst. Speak to us, O Lord, in the language we will understand. Forgive all our shortcomings and draw us closer to thee, for you are God and there is none beside thee. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I was preparing for the message last night, so because of all the activities I was doing, running around, uh, with, was it on Thursday, I went out as usual to work. So I had meeting before going. It was around 10 that I left the house, 10 p.m. All my, in fact, I was like discouraged to go. But somehow I push myself. There's no point staying at home. Then uh, on getting there, it was so quiet. Then when I got there, I got um, a call, a fare. So as I was just dropping the passenger, he didn't look. He opened the rear door and the bus just damaged the car. But I thank God, Nothing happened to the guy, so that's the problem. But I just look at the whole thing, I put it behind me. Because I had the effect, the spirit was warning me. But I just wanted to be brave, you know, to go my own way, to listen to my own heart. But uh, in all, I thank God that nothing more serious than that happened. Well, now, um, we have seen the situation in the world. The Ukraine issue, Putin, all the political things that are going on. And because of that, when I was trying to see what title to give to this, uh, today's uh, sermon, it came to my mind, the perfect anchor. Who's that perfect anchor? Christ Jesus. 
there is no better time to talk about this, the anchor, other than now. In fact, the events of recent and current times have left us wondering where God is. Unbelievers have cemented their opinions and theories that there is no God, that the universe came into existence by coincidence or by chance and evolution. Even the elect have started to question why God would permit such a high level of suffering, sicknesses, killings, and all manners of atrocities that is going on in the world today. The faith, the faith of many believers have waxed cold. We are just about coming to terms with the unprecedented sickness in human history. And just when we think that things are coming back to normal, boom, comes the rumor, an echo of war. Nation rising against nations. The strong are taking undue advantage of the weak. We are living in a world characterized with natural and man-made disasters. Hatred and wickedness are rooted in the heart of men. Love, peace, and unity are far-fetched. Anarchy have set in. Now concerning the invasion and the war in Ukraine, the suffering, people fleeing, well, it is quite pathetic and it's uncalled for, but that is the reality. It is the result of overambitious of men, especially the political elites, our leaders. The war is uncalled for. It's completely avoidable. But it's reality. However, the word of Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, I'll read verse four, from verse 3 to 9. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olive, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of war and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations 
will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrow. Then they will deliver you up to the tribula up to tribulations and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. When you look at this passage, you won't entertain any doubt about what is happening now. All these things are just the fulfillment of the scripture. It, we are at a critical time in human history. But thank God we have Christ Jesus, who is our advocate. Now, the main text for today's message is, uh, is on Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Say, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be moved, removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and trouble, though the mountains shake with its swelling, with its swelling there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nation raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his word. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the work of the Lord, who has made desolations on the, in the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bowls and cut the spears in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. In all these things that is going on, we should not forget the time we are in. Like I said, corruption and antisocial is now the order of the day. Life today is full of stress and anxiety. Satan and his gullible agents understand the current tide and are having a laugh over the miseries of all mankind. But the great question for you and I and fellow Christians this morning is, where is your, where did you, or where do you anchor your faith? Where is your faith? Before we go into this, there is this song, even though I don't know how to sing it, but I know I have golden voices here <laughs> that will take it up from there. The song says, my hope is built on nothing less. 
My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. We have no trust. There is no salvation in any other other than Christ. Any other foundation outside Christ cannot stand. Our belief should always be in Christ. We should always put our trust in him. He is the anchor of our faith. In Matthew, in the book of Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, to 29. He says, Therefore, whoever hears this saying of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the flood came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears this saying of mine and does this saying of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on this sound. And the rain descended on the flood, and the rain descended, the flood came and the wind blew and beat on the house and it fell. And great was that fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended this saying that the people were astonished at the teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as described. So in his parable, this particular parable, Christ spoke of the foolish builder who built his house on a sinking sand. And while the wise builder built on solid rock. And as you will imagine, the storm easily swept away the one on the sand. Christ is the solid rock upon which we can build our house of faith. In his book, God's Five Promises When Life is Hard, the author James McDonald outlined five promises from the Bible that people going through difficulties can find comforting. And in each of these promises, all of them dealing with the aspect of God's nature. He writes how these promises took him through difficult times of life. And according to him, God does not owe us anything because he's God. But miraculously, God has made some 
exceedingly great and precious promises to his people. And he goes on to say that our relationship with God is shaped by our response to his promises. And that these promises are the antidote to despair and the best option for anyone who is struggling. There is sometimes a gap between believing God's promises and actually receiving them, which the author defined as walking by faith. And he recommends that we memorize the promises of God in the Bible. Now, the promise number one that we should always look out for in any situation is, number one, God is always with, I want us to personalize this. God is always with me, therefore I shall not fear. In any circumstances, that should be your stand. God is always with me, and I shall not fear. Go with me, if you can, to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, chapter 41. Isaiah 41. Verse 10, he says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. With my righteous right hand. There is only one constant thing in this ever-changing world, and that is the character of our Heavenly Father. The world itself, as we see it today, is undergoing constant changes. What seems most immovable now will one day be done away with. But God is unchanging. God is unwavering. He's completely faithful and committed to seeing you through the promises. And as we look ahead at the promises of God, may you ground yourself in his unchanging love. And may his character become your source and refuge, your constant and unshakable foundation. And when your faith is anchored in Christ Jesus, you will not be moved by events and circumstances surrounding you. The assurance of God's presence drives away fear, knowing that he is able and faithful. And the faithful, this faithfulness is God's nature. Therefore, we must be rest assured of the fulfillment of his promises upon your life. I don't know what you are passing through. I don't even know the challenges. But all I know is that things are not working in most, most of the times the way we plan it. It doesn't work that way. But that is normal. The reason being that God has already made the promises to you. And you cannot fail. 
he respects his word and is faithful to whatever he said. He said that the world, even though the world will pass away, his own word, whatever he uttered, shall never, will never change. And his word will never come to him void unless it must have accomplished the purpose. So that should, we should be rest assured that God is in control no matter what, no matter the circumstances, he's in control. And that is promise number one. Another promise, the number two, is God is always in control. Like I said, personalize it. Therefore, I will not doubt. Because he's in control, I will not doubt. Go with me if you can to Psalm 73. The book of Psalm 73. Psalm 73, verse 26. It says, My flesh and my heart fell, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Whether it is sickness, disease, war, loss of job, betrayal, or even our own sin, God shows up. His grace supports and sustains us. He strengthens our soul through trials and in the moment of death, he conquered the great, the grave. Our souls are safe and secure in the Lord's hand. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Our salvation, Jesus Christ, knew that his time to die was approaching. As he prepared his disciples, he left them with the promise of his legacy, peace. The gospel of Jesus is peace, both eternal peace through his death and resurrection and peace on earth. By faith in Jesus, we find relief from our worries and fear. Any peace the world offers is temporary and fleeting. The peace that Christ offers is lasting and solid. We can trust a loving God who will offer up his son as a payment for our sins in exchange for external and earthly peace. No peace brokered outside Christ will stand. Political world leaders cannot give us peace because it's not in their nature. Peace is the nature of God. He is not offended by our questions, but wants us to test his promises. And when we do, he proves himself true and infallible. And that takes us to the promise number three. God is always good, and therefore, I will not despair. Psalm 34. 
Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 8, verse 8. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Our faith in goodness of the Lord keep us from losing hope, even in a hopeless situation. His promises become more meaningful in times of difficulty and when reassurance is needed. God promises upon your life activates your faith. Roman, Roman chapter 8. Roman chapter 8, verse 28. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Promise number four. God is always watching over me, over you. Therefore, I will not falter. You can see that in Psalm 2, in Psalm 1, 2. Psalm 1, 2, 1. Psalm 121. Psalm 121 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by the night. The Lord shall preserve you, preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Psalm 121 is characterized as one of the songs of ascent, sung by pilgrims traveling to Jerusalem. The opening two verses form a poetic questions and answer. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The assurance of God watching over us, the assurance of God watching over your life is enough to keep you from faltering, 
from losing faith and giving in to temptation. And according to one writer, our world can at times be scary. With so much violence and uncertainty, we can feel vulnerable and confused. Some people jump to the conclusion that God has abandoned them when things go wrong in their personal life. But he's always with us. If we feel alone during our time of need, instead of running with the assumption that God has left us, we should work on opening our eyes to see where he is in that situation. The good that comes out of something bad isn't always obvious or immediate, but that doesn't mean it is not there. If for any reason you have doubt that God has his eyes on you, call out to him to help you recognize his presence. Sometimes we work really hard to achieve a goal which benefits those around us. Or put a lot of time and effort into something, or into something the outcome become, become a personal struggle and we don't receive recognition from our peers. It is not uncommon to feel unappreciated, devalued, and almost invisible at times like this. But God sees everything that we do and he rewards us for the good. We are not invisible to him or without value. It's wonderful to know that God is watching over us. And it is not just that he can make a note of when we get things wrong, but so that he can protect and guide us through life's many twists and turns. And that takes us to the last promise. Not the last promise anyway, for this purpose, number five. God is always victorious. God is always victorious. And therefore, I will not fail. God is always victorious. Therefore, I will not fail. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse, let's see, it says on 5, Only if you carefully obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe with care and all this um, care, all these commands which I commanded you today, for the Lord your God will bless you just as he promised you. You shall lend to many, many nations, but you shall not borrow. You shall reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over you. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren, 
within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not harden your heart nor shut your, nor shut your hand from your poor brothers, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend to him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart, saying, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eyes be evil against your poor brothers, and you give him nothing, and be cry out to the Lord against you. And he cry out to the Lord against you, and this shall be a sign among you. Well, I think I got that... Um, what the Bible tells us that through Jesus Christ, God proved victorious over death and offer us new life and pave way for us to be in full relationship with the Father. Though we may face physical and spiritual battles, he has ultimately won. And those that believe in him experience greater blessings in their life. And finally, navigating the deeper waters of this life isn't so, can be so scary. Or rather, it can be so scary when your soul is anchored in Christ. Diving into the deep and leaving the shore for the unknown becomes less risky as we realize that God is steering the boat. And the Hebrew chapter, 16, chapter 6 verse 19 reminds us in Jesus we have the hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. Today as we mentioned earlier is the communion. And as usual we will just not necessarily because of time, because today is Sunday, and um, we still have enough time. Like I said in the beginning, my, my words will be few. So we have enough time for the communion. Uh, it's already prepared. Uh, how is it going to be? You will share the... Okay.